Yes, folks, it's Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, and 2 p.m. Pacific. This is Pillars of Franchising, and I'm Fred McMurray with Ray Pillar. We're going to bring you some really good stuff today. Ray, how are you doing this week? I am doing absolutely fantastic. It's beautiful, sunny day here, almost 60 degrees, which is, as far as I'm concerned, is perfect. And are you having any weather out on the left coast? Well, okay, if you want to you wanna tell me about weather, I spent all last week in Chicago driving through the 30-degree snow rain weather. So I got the weather last week. And it reminded me that um, driving in Chicago traffic during rail so- rainstorms, that absence makes the heart tolerable or makes the traffic tolerable. Um, oh, well, never mind. Uh, weather-wise, it started out really foggy today, but the fog's all burned off. It's a nice blue sky, sunny. The, the sun is crinkling off the waves, and, and I'm expecting to see whales again today. So I'll be whale watching while you're talking. <laughs> so you you had you had a chance to get your weather fixed while you were in Chicago because you don't have any weather out there. Exactly. And it will last okay. me until I'm there for Christmas. <laughs> well. Anyway, we've got some <laughs> guests, don't we? <laughs> we do. So tell us, who's our first guest, right? Well, I'd like to introduce Leo Goldberger, who is the CEO and founder of the Patch Boys. That Ooh, sounds really interesting. Hi, Leo. And that's a huge interview. Hey, that's guys. A huge hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Leo. Good, good to have you on the good. show. Well, thank you. You got me all a little bit uh, away from my pitch over here. You talked weather, California. We're in New Jersey over here. It's more like in the 35, 40. So you got me a little bit excited with the California weather. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> I'll have to concentrate again. You'll, you'll have to come out to the office. We'll sit on the back deck, drink a beer, a glass of wine, watch the waves go past. Uh, that's Yeah, I guess there's pros and cons to California, so that might be the good one. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of cons about California, but <laughs> uh, well, don't start me. We have, we have one or two here in Jersey, too, so I think we're basically, at the end of the day, where you might have a step on us, so. Excellent. So, Leo, tell us about Patch Boys. You founded it. Tell us about it. Well, thank you. Yes, I did find it and uh, the interesting story behind it. But first, to give you a little bit of an idea about the Patch Boys, uh, Patch Boys is something I found out of necessity. Uh, Patch Boys concentrate, uh, let's say you walk home today and there's a leak in your bathroom. You call the plumber really quick holes in the walls fixes the pipes, gets paid and gets out of there. Now you have two or three little holes. Or if the roofer comes or the electrician comes or any service business, all the items that you need to fix in a house usually is behind the walls. Nobody has wires or pipes running in front of the wall. So you have a couple little holes over there. Uh, nobody wants to come and fix it, you know. Uh, usually the way you fix a hole is you put a piece of sheetrock, you tape it, you wait a day till it dries. You wait another day, come back for 10 minutes, you do a second coat. You wait another day, come back for 10 minutes, and you do a third coat, and then you got to paint it and texture it. And while you're there, you got to come in for those 15 minutes, cover the carpet, cover the furniture, 
uh, it just makes no sense. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody knows how to do it. We came up with a concept how we do the entire process in about three hours. But more than that, we're not just a fixing. We, do, we don't just fix a, a drywall wall. We come in and we basically give you the service behind it. We'll come in. We'll cover everything. We'll respect your home. We'll uh, paint it. And you can leave in the morning and come back four hours later and you don't know where the wall is. So that's basically what the Patch Boys is all about. Great. Wow. Your that sounds thought? really interesting. I'd like to learn your concept. <laughs> I, I'm the person well, who spends, you know, uh, uh, three or four days trying to patch a wall. But uh, that sounds well, really it's, interesting. It's actually, it's actually a really easy concept. We have right now close to 70 locations up and running across the nation. And we have uh, principals, former restaurant owners, former FBI agents, a lot of military people and uh people who were in a totally different business and after three or four days training with us they get the business they understand it uh it's a real concept you know we were at the ife last year and we had about six thousand people walk by our booth and the one thing they all had in common everybody said everybody like literally everybody who walked by said the same thing i could use you right now in my house i you know yeah and, uh, and that's what we're all about you know and it's a great concept, and uh, the proof is in the pudding, you know. Uh, we go out there. We have people who have been in business two year, two months, and they do 40, 50K a month. Uh, and we've proven this concept. We're in the West Coast. We're in the Midwest. We're in the East Coast, in California, in Texas, in, in Colorado, in Utah, in, in, in Pennsylvania, in New York, in Illinois, in Iowa, in Wisconsin. We're all over the place, and wherever we go, people need the service. So it's it was one of my good ones. I had, I, had, I had pretty much a lot of bad ones, but this was a really good one. So it sort of evened out. All right. So you I, said I, I, need you... To, I need to ask uh, Leo a question. Did you develop the concept yourself? Because it so, is a concept, you know, because, you know, if, to do this in three hours and you, and you just told everybody it usually takes three to four days, you know, so did, did, did you come up with the concept yourself? So not necessarily. It's not a proprietary uh, item that I came up with or I developed it. Everything that we use, you could find in your local home, in your local Home Depot, in the Lowe's. You could you could find the material that you need. But we basically came up with a strict, with a structure to make it happen, uh, to put it together, how it works, and the entire concept to get together. So nobody ever had this kind of business before. So we didn't develop the actual material. We just got the material and came up with a concept and the structure how to make it happen that that's basically what we did i i know when it, the first time i heard your name and and it was connected with the patch boys i said now wait a minute that's that name the last name sounds familiar Don't, doesn't a name similar to that make excellent drywall tools so i looked it up and sure enough there's a gold blatt who makes drywall tools no relation correct Right, no, 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 no relation whatsoever. Maybe I should look into it and see if I can get me a piece of that. But uh, no, we're, yeah. we're we're simply we're simply in the quick drywall repair business. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, we, we're called the Patch Boys, but we have about 30% women ownership. Uh, they do really well, and uh, it's just the name. It just it just came together. I don't even know how we came up with that name originally, but we went in different direction. This is what sounded somehow good, and, uh, and that's what we ended up with, and, it's, and I guess I'm thankful for it. Okay, yeah. so j 
I, I want to go back to something you just said before Ray segues us off. Is you said a, about thirty percent of your franchise owners are women? That is correct. Yes. Is it over thirty-one percent or under thirty-one percent? It's somewhere between twenty-five and thirty percent a woman. Okay. And I would say out of the other seventy percent, there's some really good women behind the men and. We last week's show was on women in franchising and studies have show, according to I think it was Forbes, women now own thirty point six percent of uh franchises in in the US. So I was wondering if you were above the curve or just below the curve. So you're right at the curve. Um, I'm probably a little bit below just because of the kind of business that we are. Uh, you know, I would say I would say women are more in the in in the nursing business, in the pet business, in the restaurant business. But we're making good progress. And uh, the women today, as we know, or as as always was the case, they they're good at anything they they do. Uh, I might attract more men just because people think it's a construction business. We're we're not really a construction business. We happen to fix drywall, but we're more like when we come into your home and we make sure that your home looks good. So we don't come with these big tools and with these big boots in the construction environment. We're we're a home center environment, a home-based environment, a home service environment. So I think as people get to know a little bit more about us, we attract a lot more women as well. Well, uh, Leo, you're also a home-based business, right? Yeah, we sure are. Sure are. We're a home-based business. We're probably one of the lowest cost and lowest overhead kind of business that you want. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty simple. We're 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 we're, we're really a service business, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. The way I got into this business, as I mentioned before, I used to own a huge construction company in New York back in the years in in 2005, 2006. I had close to 500 employees, and uh, we did uh, 20 million dollar jobs in. If you remember 2008, I lost it all. If you remember a little bit, 2008, the economy went tanking. Uh, the yeah. banks stopped giving, bank giving mortgages and the banks stopped giving construction loans. Uh, I, I always tell people, if you didn't lose money in the construction industry in 2008, you probably never made some real money. So uh, I was looking for, you know, for different businesses as I tanked. You know, I went from, from 100 to zero in basically six months. And I tried different ideas, but my heart was always in the construction arena. So I had to come up with a concept that made sense, something that I liked. And after trial and error, I came up with this concept. And uh, I started locally in New York. I still lived in Brooklyn, New York back in the days. Now I live in central Jersey. But I started slowly, and uh, people picked up on it. And before you knew it, I met a good friend at one of the trade shows, and he said this would be a great, great idea about franchising. I didn't even know how to spell the word franchising at that particular time in 2014. But uh, by 2015, I was up and running, and uh, here we are three years later with over 70 locations. And weren't you ranked by FranchiseRankings.com as the best home-based franchise in the nation? Uh, yes, we were. Thank you for mentioning that. We were men- we're about ranked in the top 5% of home base every month. But uh, more than that, we're also ranked in the top 50 of all different franchises. When you combine the low cost, the entry level, and the kind of work, and the profit margins, and the size, and the ROI, and how quickly we grow, uh, we have been ranked in the top 15. They told me they, 
they've never had a business that's been young enough five years uh, being ranked so much. So I'm pretty much uh, excited about that. Yeah, you I would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can see where home based businesses are are more popular uh, amongst people who are just caught in a bind, you know, being laid off or whatever, or or need to change. Uh, you know, that's that's a great way to get started in business. Right, uh, it's it, it's just a great business for people to get in there. People who don't want to go in with a with a you know with a big overhead and you know, and, and take a lease, and it, there's just so much to do. So it, it helps in a lot of different ways. First of all, the investment is very little. And the time from when you get business, we've had people from the day they signed, 14 days later, 15 days later, they were up and running and making money. Uh, we've never had a franchise go more than two days before he had work. I mean, there's, there's so many little things that works for our business. Uh, because the overhead is so little, so almost everybody could afford it, you don't have to wait six to nine months or even 12 months until you find a place, until you find an office, until you find a store, until you build it out. So there's so many little details about our business that just works for people. And uh, we have so many great success stories all across the nation of people who worked before us, who worked at, I have a guy in Illinois who worked for a church. He was making $6 an hour or $7 an hour, and he just bought his seven location with us. Uh, and we have similar stories all across. So, yeah, it, it's a good feel, you know. It's, it's a great business, but it feels pretty good when, when you have a whole team where we're all on the same page and people come in and they make money and, and they change their lives like 360. So it feels pretty awesome. Ray, we need to get some of his franchisees on the show to talk about it, don't you think? I think Anytime. so. I think that, I, yeah, yeah, that's, I, that's exciting to hear people who've uh, uh, gone into, into business uh, through franchising. And and I love hearing their success stories and how how the um, the road they took to get there. I think it's always fascinating to me to listen Absolutely. to that. Absolutely, you know, and I'll yeah. try to find one. I'll try to find one or two that actually like me. We'll get we'll get them on your radio. So, you know? Okay, so we're Sounds happy great. with one or two that like you, but we want one that doesn't like you, so he can um, dish dirt. <laughs> That, that, that should be easy. I, I'm just kidding. Obviously, you have a great relationship with all of them, but we definitely can get you going down the road. We, we can have a Patch Boy uh, section on your show every every week. That, that, that's good. We have enough people to fill up every every segment of the show. We'll work something out. We'll definitely work something out. So, um, on your your I when you know when we talked about you coming on the show, I love the. Um, the banner you have on your LinkedIn profile, which says holes are for cheese, not for ceilings. <laughs> holes are for donuts, not for um, ceilings, or holes are for cereal. I love that. How'd you come up with yeah, that? Well, so there's a funny story behind it. Uh, I think I could say it on the radio, but I'll, I'll try to keep it in a very professional manner. So, oh, uh, don't. That, that, that's part of oh, Okay, then I'll just throw all out. Uh, that's part of our concept, holes are for cheese or holes are for balls or holes are for golf and, and stuff like that. But I went to my kids and I said to them, uh, I need a slogan. Our slogan today is also holes happen, you know, and stuff like that. So my my oldest boy, who has a pretty good sense of humor, uh, told me, why don't we do this? We fix, we, we do all the drive-over reports from, from B to Z. I said, why from B to Z? Why not from A to Z? He said, because we do holes. We don't want to do A holes, so we'll just do B to Z. <laughs> so I thought, 
really there's good. a whole lot of people I know who would have liked the first one better. <laughs> yeah, and well, here and there we we use it and it goes well, but as as a company profile, I didn't know how how nice that would work. But uh, so holes up for cheese and holes up for donuts. That that's pretty good. Man, I wish you guys were around when I sold that house in Hoffman Estates. Uh, I don't know. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I had a whole lot of drywall work I did that I would rather have not have. Oh, well, too bad. Well, so they don't right. do cracks. They just do holes. Well, funny enough, is about uh, 30% of our jobs we do is jobs that people started on their own and they call us after two hours. So that's, that's a pretty big part of our, of our, of our work. So... Let me ask you this, um, and, and this is something that uh, Ray and I have talked with about uh, with a lot of our guests. What what type of person uh, what type of person seems to be, or what characteristic traits of people that are attracted to um, your franchise? Well, that's a little bit of a loaded question because we have all types of people. I mean. Uh-huh. From from every field, we have people like I said, who are in the law enforcement, people who are in the restaurant business. But the type of people that I'm looking for, which which I try to concentrate on, I always tell people, I, I don't care what you did, I don't care where you're coming from. All I care is, do do you have it in you to run a business and to make it happen? Do you want to live the life, or do you want to just like, I you know, just find a job to keep you busy? You, you got to be really motivated. I, I usually speak to someone, and within 15 minutes, I don't know if he's going to be a good fit for us. You know, you talk to someone, and if they, they have the drive, they want to work for themselves, they want to make it, and they want to open another location, and they're just excited about it. I got, I got to see some motivation. And when you have that, it almost doesn't matter where you come from. You know, we'll find a way to get you in. You know, we, we there's, a, there's always a way. If there's a will, there's a way, and that's, that's exactly what we work on, you know. You have the motivation, you have the drive, we'll find you a territory, we'll find you a way, and we'll get you going. And, uh, and these the 70 locations are, are actual proof in that. That's all it takes. I think you mentioned so, something you know, a, a, a little while back about relationship, relationship with your franchisees. And uh, I, I think you probably need to take that just a little bit further and, and say – and being in business is about relationships, you know, relationship with your vendors, your franchisees, your franchisors, whoever, uh, creating good, solid business relationships with everyone that you meet. Oh, 100%. And, and, and when, I, when I talk to my potential franchisees or even to my current franchisees, the, the thing that I will always tell them is we're, we're not partners. We're, I'm not your boss. You're not my boss. We work, we work in a totally different way. We work on a, on a uh, you know, I just tell them, we have a goal. We have something that we want to accomplish. Uh, I set up everything in this company that it, it goes incentives on, on the way you do business. Uh, you, you know, it, I, I'm not trying to get more of you. I, I don't get a fee unless you make money. So it's all about you make money. And, 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 and you know, we make a couple of dollars, but, uh, you know, I have a relationship with them as, as if I'm their best friend, and I'm just here to make sure that they can make a good living, you know, and uh, it's not about a power control or a power trip or who has more and who has less. It's all about building a friendship, and, 
and I would like to think that that's the kind of relationship that I have with all my franchise owners. We have a solid friendship relationship, and uh, we, we work together, and I take ideas from the franchise owners, and, and, and that's how we grow the business, and that's why people are impressed with the business, because when you call any of my franchise owners, I, uh, I constantly tell them they are the ones that sell my franchise. You know, I don't sell my franchise. A potential franchise owner comes, and they tell me, what do I need to know? I said, I will tell you everything good about the company. Just go. Go to my website. I won't even tell you who to call. There's 70 of them. Just reach out to whoever you want. And then they'll call me back and they say, you know, I just spoke to 50 of them. That's all I needed to hear. And and I, if there's the one of two who are not so successful, I, I want them to hear from them as well, you know. So I, I, I'm not trying to grab you as a franchise owner. I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to teach you what our company is all about. I want to give you the inside scoop and I want to give you everything about the company that you need to know. And if we're a good match, let's let's do some business together. So, all right, some of the things you said there, um, and and bringing new franchises, made me wonder. You obviously have a franchise disclosure doc, or the as I call it, FDD, Wonder Drug for Insomnia. Um, <laughs> how long is your FDD? I I admit not to have read not to have read it before. Um, the the show. How what, how long is your FDD? What do you mean? How long is it? How, how many, many pages, pages are it? Yeah, I believe a hundred a hundred and thirty pages, and I also oh. believe about a hundred. I also believe about hundred and twenty of them is not necessary, but uh, <laughs> that's what it, but the, that's what it forces to do. So that's what we need to have. But uh, yeah, it's about hundred and thirty pages of it, and uh, yeah, all good, you know. We gotta follow the rules, right? Yeah, like I said, Speak, wonder drug for some insomnia. Go ahead, Ray. Speaking of rules, don't you have to do something, Fred? Ah, yes, yes. Um, want to take a station identification break here? Thanks to Link Local Network for broadcasting our show. Uh, if you're uh, listening and want to call in with questions, and I see we do have at least one caller floating around. You can call in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And the, having the caller there, I got the wrong control, so now give me a second, Ray. <laughs> These things, running a radio show, so difficult. No, um... Say something, right? We can't have dead air. I'm getting there. Well, uh, you know, All right, you're running uh, about three minutes late there on your uh, station identification. Yeah, I am. All right, so now a word from our sponsor. Ever wonder right. how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. 
All right, Ray, take us away because uh, that last one lit up a whole bunch – that last station break lit up a whole bunch of callers there. So I'll go talk to the callers while you talk to our guests. Okay, which guest are we introducing our well, second well, guest? No, let's not do that. Let's keep Leo on because some of the calls may be in, uh, questions may be for oh, Leo, okay. so be back. I'm sure of it, yeah. Uh, yeah he's uh, He has a fascinating business. Leo, in doing a, uh, a little bit of research, do you have another franchise as well? Well, we actually have two more. We just bought this one, a, a fairly new company we bought off. So we have another franchise, which is called the Dry Boys, which is in the water restoration business. We just launched it a couple months ago. But uh, just this week, we just bought a beautiful franchise, something that uh, somebody opened in Iowa about six months ago and had a little bit of issues, and we bought it out. It's called the Dry Event Squad. Uh, which I predict uh, we're going to do – it might even outdo the Patch Boys, which the Patch Boys is my first love. Uh, but uh, that's how excited I am about the drive-in squad. I think it's going to be an amazing, amazing business. Uh, there's some great ideas with it, and it's a service that everybody needs. So, yeah, we have two more brands. Uh, the Patch Boys is obviously the first one, so there's always going to be a special place for that in your heart. But uh, we have the drive Boys and we have the drive-in squad. Wow. The dryer, dryer event squad, is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I don't know of anybody who has uh, cleaned their dryer vent out except for myself. I do that. Oh, but well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. an amazing, that's an amazing opportunity. I mean, this is this yeah. fires every year. This fires every year in the United States, hundreds and thousands of them. Only responsible because of dry events, of un- unclean dry events, there's even deaths, unfortunately. So with a little bit of education, you could have your dry event clean. It costs you about $100, $120. And you save, you, besides for your kids breeding in, instead of breeding in a lot of carbon monoxide, you have healthy vents. And it also saves you on electricity, saves you on time, saves you on energy. It's just an amazing opportunity. And uh, I've partnered up with that with a great girl named Jessica Melendez has a lot of experience in the franchising industry, and I think we, we're really going to have a home run with that one really quick. Absolutely. That's awesome. All right, so I'm glad we we, we kept Leo on because I'm going to bring a, one of our callers on. Um, caller 818-358. Uh, who are, tell us your name and ask Leo your question. Greetings in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Pastor Don Jr., CEO uh, I have a ministry, and um, we're going to be working overseas. I mean, not necessarily overseas, but off U.S. soil in the Bahamas, and we're going to be building schools and putting together this, uh, like a city. We have about a hundred miles of real estate, and uh, I wanted to uh, kind of, I wanted you kind of touch on how the franchises and, and working with other franchises to bring them over to a whole new, different outlook. Uh. Just, just so I understand the question, was the question, how do you go about franchising? Was that the question? Well, I well, think what he's asking... just, What I'm go saying ahead. is, I, I understand the whole idea of franchising, but it's one thing to franchise when you're doing it on American soil. There's certain permits and certain regulations you have to follow them because we're doing it over in Bahamas. I was just asking, um, what, what kind of insight would you have on that? So, well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really familiar, just from my point of view, obviously we're only in the United States. I'm not re- really familiar with the rules and regulations. 
I would highly doubt it's much more complicated than we have it over here because uh, we're dealing here with all different states, and every state has their own rules that we have to follow. Uh, what people don't realize is just because we have a FDD doesn't mean we can go into every state. We have to reach out. More importantly, we have to pay every state, uh, most of them, to be able to sell franchises there, and we have to renew, renew it every year. So uh, as, as the host here can tell you, some states are easier than others. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be knowing the rules that you have to do in Bermuda, but I would like to bet a dollar for a penny that uh, it's less complicated than it is over here. Well, Leo, I think you may have just picked up your first outside the U.S. franchise there. Yeah, I, I wanted to go through you so you can get your commission. I don't want to grab his information <laughs> right here. I'll wait till you guys pick up and then send me a bill. Amen. Okay. Amen. Caller, then um, be sure to fill out the form on the pillars of franchising.com. We'll get you connected to the Leo, and we'll all make a couple of bucks on this. Thanks for calling. Amen. <laughs> hey, I'm hanging out with you. I definitely want to um, listen, continue listening to the show. So I'll be right here. Thank you so okay. much. I really appreciate the information. Awesome. All right. You have a great one. All right. And I always tell Go people ahead. people have a good idea. People have a good idea. Just go ahead and franchise it. You know, you can grow. Four years ago, I didn't know anything about franchising. You know, there's a will, there's a way. You find it. And if your product is good, people are going to come to you, and they're going to buy into your system. Uh, they're going to believe in you, and uh, you can build an empire, you know. And uh, I more power to him and to everybody else who has a good idea to, to do franchising. And if I could help anybody with it, it would be my absolute pleasure. So then that leads into the uh, the last question I'll ask you, which is how do people get a hold of you, Leo, besides coming to the PillarsofFranchising.com website and your, we'll put a contact uh, form on your page. Um, but how else do get people get a hold of you if they haven't heard of our radio show? Radio show? Well, they could always go to one of my sites, which is thepatchvoice.com, and fill out the contact form to my attention. They could go to leo.goldberger at thepatchvoice.com. And uh, I check my mail basically every 15 minutes. So, uh, you know, like we all do this, these days. And uh, I like to talk to people. I like to reach out to people. I like to help them. And I look forward to anybody who has a question. And if I could help anybody, it would be my absolute pleasure. Ray, that's all I got. What else you got? What's your last question, Ray? I found it uh, interesting that you know, people are calling in asking about uh, general franchising from all over the world, and to me that's fascinating. And that's awesome. That means people have ideas, people want to grow, people want to provide for their families, and and I love that. That's what entrepreneurship is all about, you know. And more power to them. If you have an idea, if you have a concept, don't worry about the money right now. Just go with the flow, and you'll find a way how to do it. You know, I've learned a lot yep. in the first year, and I've had a lot of people in the franchising industry who were willing to help me. And uh, not all the advice was really good ones. Some of them cost me a couple of dollars. But other, but other than that, for the most part, there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of good people in this industry. And, and if that's a little bit that I could give back, you know, uh, you know, I would love to. And at the same time, if somebody's interested just to own a good company and make money and make a nice living for the family, whether it's with the Patch Boys band, brand or the Dry Boys or the Dry Event Squad, uh, reach out to me. I would love to help you. I, I will talk to you about the business. I'll give you an honest opinion. I will tell you if this is for you, in my opinion, or if it's not. And, uh, 
Uh, you're not dealing with one of those big companies where you have to go through a process and it's one way or the other. If I find somebody that has a good heart and has a and is is motivated and, and you know and is he's he's he has the tools, we'll find a way to get him a friend. Awesome. There's always something for. There's always a franchise for just about everybody. Absolutely. Thank you, Leo. Thank you, Thank so you much. very much for being on the show. You I've rock. Listened to you I love the show. I've listened to you before, and uh, it's an honor being on your show. All right, so that oh, means you're you. going to – that quote is going to be one of the quotes on our very soon-to-be forthcoming um, brochure. Thank you for making the brochure. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll trademark that one. All right. Okay. There you go. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Thanks for having me again. Thanks. Okay, Ray, so who's our next guest? Mario Miller of the Franchise Advisor. Mario's been uh, – she has 27 years of franchise experience. Mario, how you doing today? Hey, good afternoon. I'm doing very well. How are you? Good, good. Tell us about so, your 27 years. No. What's she got to tell no. us about first, Ray? What she got to tell us about so her first Leo, question? We... Leo stole my line because I, I usually say, you know, I fell into franchising right out of graduate school when I couldn't spell it. But I can't say that <laughs> now because he kind of did. Yeah. Um, but it's actually true, too. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I, did, I, know I did an internship. <laughs> well, he told you. I'm in New Jersey. Ah, uh, there we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we covered that. Well, no, he covered that for right. him, but when you figure we got we got guests calling in about you know franchising in Central America and the Caribbean, people could be anywhere listening <laughs> to this show. It appears. That's the truth. You have you have reach. That's important. Uh, yeah. Wow. And they're still dialing in. Um, <laughs> Ray, take us away. I'm going to go check some callers. Well, like I was asking before. How do you have 27 years? I mean, that's a lot of years to be in franchising. Well, you know, it's it's sort of it's sort of all I know. And um, like most people in this in this profession, once you get in, it's very difficult to to leave because it's so dynamic and it's so ever changing and it's exciting, and you get to enjoy everything from the birth of an idea to national or international expansion to giving people their dreams of, you know, entrepreneurship, self-employment, self-sufficiency, wealth building, legacy wealth. I mean, you just, you kind of just see it all. And, uh, and I just can't imagine doing anything else or being, being around um, people that don't enjoy the same kind of um, opportunity and excitement. And, and Leo said it best that the people in this, um, in this industry are absolutely remarkable and amazing and extremely generous. But, um, my story is short. Um, I finished graduate school in my internship. That was done in a company that was a franchise company. I had a degree in organizational development before that was something people knew what it was in the 80s. And um, they, thought, they thought I was an HR person, so they put me in a benefits desk where I just failed miserably into paperwork and file cabinets and file rooms. There were no computers, right? A computer was as big as a room, actually, back then. 
And um, I didn't like it, you know, but, I, but I, what I did like was that I saw these operations that were successfully, you know, operating like all over the country and everything was the same. And there was a, a big need, you know, for the corporate staff to go out and train and improve their skills and, and the whole dynamic of that partnership relationship. So I stuck in franchising and I had a corporate career for 10, 12 years. And I was in some of the, some of the big brand names, you know, um, in franchising. And I supported units, you know, 100, 200, the whole country at one point um, inside of these growing companies from that aspect, from an operational aspect, you know. And, um, and then I got into consulting. I became a supplier to the franchise industry um, as a consultant. And uh, we offered solutions around people and performance and improving performance and profitability through, like, getting the right people into the right seats on the bus. And that was with this Princeton firm for uh, about five, six years. And uh, what happened to me happens to many of the folks that I help today. I woke up one day, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, my life is totally out of balance. You know, I have a great career. Um, all that's great. I'm hitting the money I want to make and all this stuff. But guess what? I have a two- and a four-year-old at home, and um, they didn't have a mom with them. They had a nanny. They had a babysitter. They had daycare, you know. And, uh, and it wasn't in any way – uh, something that, like, it just got worse day after day, right? I just, here I am inside of this amazing, you know, um, um, type, part of the economy where people are living their dreams and becoming independent and having time freedom. And I had everything but, but the time freedom. So um, I made a plan, and it took me six and a half months, and I walked in and resigned. And I started my own business. And my own business, the franchise advisor at that time, uh, was the in the beginning years of what we do today at the franchise consulting company. And that is helping people, individuals, couples, you know, investment groups, helping people vet out uh, the very best opportunities, very targeted to what their goals are, and, and helping them qualify for the best opportunities, you know, and teaching them and educating them and opening their eyes. And taking away the confusion and having fun along the way. And, uh, and I've been doing that, you know, 14 years now, and I've never looked back. Um, sometimes I look back because I had a lot of friends in corporate. But um, ultimately, you know, today I can say that I'm living the life that I can promise other people can find. You know, being self-sufficient, being fulfilled, and uh, doing what you want, you know, picking, your, picking the people you're going to work with, right, instead of, instead of having the boss. So. So that's kind of a short story of um, why I'm here and how I could say it's actually 30 years this year. So I'm really old. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? A lot older than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're that's we're no not going to talk about old on this show. That's for sure. Yes, we will. <laughs> no, you're not old. Well, okay. So a uh, quick, interesting little story. Last week when I was in Chicago, um, I had the wonderful opportunity to – um, have lunch and a beer with uh, an old teacher of mine from seventh and eighth grade. Um, and first time seen him in, I don't know, 40 some years. And I said something about old and he goes, I'm not old. And he's 80. So, and, and I then reference Ray and say, well, you know, my co-host, he's 70. So yeah, we're all old. Um <laughs> But you get to say you have 30 years doing something, and I think that although it makes you feel yeah. pretty 
you know, pretty antiquated, there's a little bit of value in that, you know, like there's like, okay, well, I kind of, kind of know some, some of the ropes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wisdom. As long as, as long as people respect that instead of saying, you know, well, he's old, he doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Right. But I think what, one of the questions that comes to mind, first of all, I just want to say, I think, being in business and being in franchising is an ex- very exciting. But one of I th- one of the things that uh, I'd like to ask you, Muriel, is what are some of the uh, misunderstandings people have around owning a franchise? Well, um, you know that's a really good kind of way to approach it because there are there's more confusion and misunderstandings, wrong assumptions then there is clarity and uh, it's just not clear to people, you know. There are a couple that stand out that I think are detrimental to someone who might be considering investing or owning. And, um, you know, first of all, that, you know, that it's like this, um, a situation where um, it's like this heavy sales kind of a process, right? And they're going to maybe can get, get in trouble or, or get hoodwinked or something like that. And, and the reality, you know, there's a lot of risk. People feel it's very, very risky, you know, to do this because, you know, brands come and go or whatever. And, and the reality is that, um, first of all, you can never take away all of the risk without taking away all of the opportunities. So we know that. You know, there's always a risk in anything we do, particularly, in, you know, business ownership. But looking in the franchise channel, looking at these opportunities um, – greatly reduces risk because people don't know that franchising is regulated by the FTC and they don't know that it's a very transparent process and they don't know that all of the answers they have questions for, they're all available if they have a little bit of guidance and and, and training on where do you go to uncover all of your burning questions. Um, Transparency is on the rise. So, by that, what I mean is, you know, this item 19 issue, um, you know, the idea of how do I know how much I'm going to make, right? So while franchisors don't have to disclose that kind of information, um, more than half do, better, better ones do, and uh, more and more systems are, you know, disclosing the earning potential of the business, the actual numbers, you know, the performance of the business. Um, in those initial documents, so people, you know, don't have to kind of guess at that. Now, now about that, um, they also people can also, if they complete the learning process, that the due diligence process, that they can not only find out what the existing units are grossing, but um, the second part of diligence, people get to have these in-depth conversations with existing owners, and and they get to to figure out, you know, what is the guy putting in his pocket, and. Uh, can I trust, do I trust the guy? Does he sound real? And they can talk to as many of those folks as they want. And it's highly encouraged with the work that we do with folks. We even give them all kinds of questions and templates and worksheets and ways in which we could make that whole data collection easier. So it's really not, you know, what people think. And it's clearly not in the good system, the better systems, you know, the brands you want to be involved with. It's really a, a qualifying process. And you want to know how to qualify and get the offer of the very best brands, you know, that that are in your um, in your eyesight, in your budget. So that's a really big 
mis- misunderstanding. And then the other one that people are really happy to find out about where they're totally wrong in most cases, people think that the more I spend, you know, the more money I could make. Um, I had a client once I was working with the, uh, the gal and she was engaged and, and her fiance was a Wall Street guy. So he wouldn't get on the phone with me. And I usually like to have everyone on the phone, but he was in the background, you know. And so I don't know what our budget was. I forgot. Maybe, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand or something. And um, we were looking at some brands, and he wasn't really participating just enough to kind of like make a little bit of sense, but not a whole lot. And so at one point she said, well, my fiancé wants us to to raise our, you know, budget to 750000 you know, total because we want – something better than what you're showing us. And, and I just kind of sat back like, well, this isn't really good in a lot of levels, but clearly <laughs> that misunderstanding was like, it was illustrated. So many, there are many opportunities that are very uh, within the reach of a lot of people, like between 75,000 and 150,000 all in that mm-hmm. grow to significant levels of, uh, of, of sales volume, you know, million dollar businesses plus, and uh, they're, they're fundable, they're affordable, um, they're available. So when people say this is my budget, there's no uh, value in trying to spend the top of that budget. It's not like in real estate, you know, I'm going to give you the biggest house I can because I make a percentage. It's not like that. Um, so people don't get the financial side pretty much. Interesting. Yeah, that's Fred, a, that's a that's a big one. The money part. People have a lot of. I never would have thought yeah. of that. So people really think, yeah. okay, uh, I get a, I spend more money, I get a better, bigger, better franchise, or make more money. Yeah, they think. Well, they it, it kind of comes off like this. It sounds like this. I can't afford a good one. That's what people think. I, I just can't afford mm. that, because if you ask the average guy on the street corner. He may be able to list three, maybe six, you know, maybe as a businessman, maybe nine national franchise brands, maybe 12. Let's just give him that. Okay, so 12. So we, we like to say in our business, if it's a national name, there's a high probability you could be too late. And, uh, and what yeah. that's about is most of the folks that I help want to take the equity ride with the brand, build equity nationally, right? Build the brand national with them, uh, not after it's all done. So, you know, so anyway, so people think that they can't afford a McDonald's. Everyone thinks they want McDonald's or Chick-fil-A. I was going to change my website and just put how to buy a Chick-fil-A instead of my company <laughs> because everybody <laughs> calls and wants a Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, well, you may want a Chick-fil-A, but I could show you how to, how to make a lot of money and be really happy and not work that hard or, you know, mm-hmm. point you in their direction to their website. Good luck, you know. But, but anyway, yeah, there's a lot of misunderstanding. So, so it's much more affordable and financeable than the average people, people think. So, then obviously the, the, the couple you were talking about where they wanted to up their budget, had they mm-hmm. contemplated buying an existing franchise? I and think from- that, yeah, like that's a whole different ballgame, as you know. Um, a lot of people want to buy cash flow. And most typically, while we do work in the resale market, 
I can tell you most typically it's a long shot for us to find a business that, number one, fits your model, number two, is within your budget, number three, is within a half an hour to 45-minute drive from your home, number four, is in an industry and a sector that you would like to do or that you might be good at, and number five, doesn't have any bumps or bruises, is an absolutely perfect cash-flowing business with no problem that no one else picked up, no existing franchisee picked it up, no friends or family or the sons. No, it's just sitting there waiting. And it happens to be available today. Like, it's just okay. so hard for that to happen. But we're going to so, look anyway. <laughs> I, I tell everybody, we look anyway. So let's assume all of those things have happened. Okay. What tips would you give to the person that's trying to buy it? What tips in terms of? Of buying it. Um, so... Uh, to buy, so let's assume all those things are there, and 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 that the owner, current ownership, has actually agreed that they okay. will sell. What tips would you mm-hmm. give to the buyer? Well, I think the hardest part is locating that and being at the right place at the right time. So, if it were to be available, there would be certainly multiple bids on that business. So, one of the first things is that the franchisor, in most cases, has the sort of first right, right, you know, to, to buy that business back or or, or minimally has to approve you as a new franchisee in the system. So you're going to have to go through the traditional learning process, the due diligence process, and it's important to impress those people and to, to basically follow the instruction. You know, it's a, it's a franchising is all about systems and relationship. So if you can't follow a system, they're not going to be impressed. So, you know, you, you get on those calls on time, you know, you, you approach with a positive attitude and you show up as someone who is quite interested um, and go through that process because the franchisor could, you know, um, have a say in what happens at the end. So you're going to be you're going to you're going to go through a process with the franchisor. And then the rest of that negotiation is typically done with the owner. You know, like I don't someone like myself, we don't get involved. Most often the franchisor does not get involved. So um, you would need to work with someone to get a, you know, a, a true valuation of the business and do all negotiation. Um, and then, you know, and then you're on, you have to understand your FDD, your, your franchise agreements, just like if it were a new build. So using legal counsel when that's appropriate, as well as the right financing people, you know, building your team around you, just like, just like we do every day with these other folks that are getting into new franchising. Thank you. Hot damn, I'm on the right track then. Go ahead, Ray. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? You're, hey. you're, buying, a, you're buying a franchise, huh? <laughs> Is it the time well, for uh, station identification? Yes, it is. Yeah, yes, yes, my friend, it is. And and um, to answer Marielle's question, um, yes, yes, I will be. It will take a bit, but wow. yes, yes, I will be. Congratulations. Um, That's wonderful. We haven't negotiated price yet, but he said yes, you're going to. Um, so, folks, uh, oh, thanks again to Link Local Network. You can dial in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And now a word from our other sponsor. Hey, franchise owners. Does the marketing that corporate provides for your franchise go far enough? Do you struggle to get local clients to call or come through your door? At Mediavine Marketing, we love working with franchises like yours to personalize and localize your marketing efforts through social media sites like Facebook or Instagram, 
in emails to your current and past customers, with Facebook or Google ads, and whiteboard animation videos. Contact Mediavine Marketing today at 805-265-5440 or go to mediavinemarketing.com. That's 805-265-5440. Mediavine Marketing. We know franchises and we want to help yours grow. And as a quick announcement, uh, very soon, coming up October 20th and 21st in Denver, is the Great American Franchise Expo at the Denver Mart. Mart, that is. Uh, the expo is Saturday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And our past friend Nick Neonakis has some really cool stuff there, including virtual reality. Um, Ray, back to you. Well, I, I have another question for Ariel, and and basically is what is trending now in in the franchise industry. Um, so what's trending? So I think there's so much going on. There's always so much change. What's very exciting and what's a really um, significant change is that um, franchising, in most people's mind, uh, used to be a buy-a-job situation, right? People uh, don't like their boss. They, they want to work for themselves. They don't want to do it from scratch. They buy into a system. They're successful. They continue to work. But now they're building real wealth on the side, you know, or real, actually real wealth, you know, and being involved. So people still have that, uh, that idea of franchising. And while that's still happening, I would say that um, for my, in my business, certainly much more popular um, is what we call semi-passive um, semi um, multiple unit franchising. And, and what, what that's about is franchising is a serious alternative to investing in real estate or having all of your money in a portfolio. And so it's very attractive to executives, corporate America, C-suite people, real estate investors. Um, so many of them now add uh, the searches that we do, a tailored personal search in their market for the best brands. You know, that, that's the work that we're doing. Uh, they add that process into other decisions that they're making, whereas it used to be, either get a job or buy a franchise. So a franchise was strictly an income replacement plan. Um, I would say 25% of my work today is income replacement choices, and uh, 75% is uh, this idea of passive ownership. And the reason is um, it not only is a way to diversify your wealth, but um, it's a way to build uh, clearly build a legacy wealth. It's a way to get yourself out of corporate America, a longer-term plan than quitting tomorrow. So if you're making significant multiple six-figure income, uh, you need a five- or ten-year strategy to do that and, uh, you know, the right uh, model, the right brand, and the right number of units could clearly do that, doing that every day, all day. So that's a really cool trend that is catching on uh, with a strong economy. Awesome. That's very interesting. Um, Go ahead. Go we, ahead, Fred. We got a caller, I think. Uh, 404-452. Did you have a question? I do. How are you doing today? So tell us who you are. Tell us where you are. Tell us what the weather's like, and then you can ask your question. Sorry, that's the All right. Now, <laughs> my name is Dave LeBron Anderson, and I'm out of Richmond, Virginia. 
And I actually had a, a few questions for, am I getting it right, Marilyn? Yeah. Marielle. Uh, Marielle? Yeah. Like Hemingway? Oh, Marielle. 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 Sorry. So, yes, I had a question from Marielle. Um, in the sense of franchising for, I guess, the clients that you're looking for, is there anyone that you come across that are just looking for, you know, just monetary returns on their investment, maybe not investing hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time, but just literally looking to start out small? Um, and I'm going to segue on that. I want to segue on that because the reason why I'm asking is because um, I run a franchise. I see, I oversee uh, five other franchises who essentially may bring in about $250,000 a year. But essentially when, when, when going through that process, they're very sturdy in business because they've been cross-trained uh, from the aspects of generating uh, sales, uh, so generating revenue for the clients. Uh, being able to actually do the HR process, train and develop individuals, mm. but also understand the advertising, marketing, branding, HR, PR, mm-hmm. and business development of the actual firm. We actually have contracts with companies such as Costco, um, Sam's Club. We do mobility sales for AT&T, Verizon, um, mm. AT&T with, and Sprint, and, of course, work with Apple, uh, ATT DirecTV. So these are very solid firms that don't really need a lot. Uh, to stay functional because of where they set up to go. But I really feel that I could expand the franchises that I oversee if there were some type of monetary expense putting towards recruiting, and that way we can also recruit the highest caliber individual, have the best offices, uh, but there so give out a percentage. Can be competitive to the market, you know, right around 8 to 12% uh, for individuals who are looking to invest not a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, but essentially something they can actually invest in that's more sturdier than the stock market, and those numbers can actually be produced to those individuals. So I kind of have a couple questions there, but I wanted to kind of shoot that out there. Yeah, well, those are some excellent points, and I'll be happy to talk with you offline about you know what you're up to. I think that you're speaking to a couple things. Another trend. Is, is really um, multi-unit, multi-brand franchising. So we're seeing a lot of venture capital money coming in, getting into this, a lot of young, just young people with a, with a lot of, of wealth. And exactly what you're saying is, is just so, it's so cool. What will happen is they, they, they might have a handful of X brand. Maybe they have, I don't know, 20, you know, pizza restaurants or something like that. And, um, they're creating this internal team, right? They have a headquarters and they have specialists in all these different disciplines of the business. Why not leverage that talent and diversify the the sectors, the categories that you're in and pick up X number of something else, maybe something in automotive, bring that under the umbrella and just continue this plan to have a really robust portfolio. Um, So that's very, very popular. The whole idea of bringing in more, Opportunities that are uh, related, but not not relate, not connected, um, and leveraging your your HR talent is really is really popular for sure. And then the other thing you hit on is low low cost, and uh, and that too is uh, uh, just there are there are more and more brands coming in at a uh, under the hundred thousand dollar mark that are providing significant ROI, very very healthy margins because there's in many cases in most cases there's no brick and mortar. There are no leases to sign. There's no collateral to put up like that, like you need in, in brick and mortar. And so uh, for lots of different reasons, um, you know, those, those opportunities uh, do provide um, 
really nice um, vehicles to first in place, uh, replace income and, and to build significant you know, wealth. Um, can they be semi-absentee? Can they be passive? Usually not. You can't, if it's a home-based business, you can't kind of like live and work at home on a part-time basis. So that's the one thing you need operators in those, in those particular um, options. Um, but again, it's all about figuring out what's the right model for the people, um, given their budget and given their um, aspirations, given their financial goals. And we, we usually can hit it, you know, if it's so long as they're re- realistic. So again, without that correlation between your all-in investment and your return potential, um, if you really could understand that concept, it's worth a conversation to see if franchise route could be for you. Which I'm just not saying to you, but I'm saying to anyone who might be listening, you know. No, no, 100%, Mario, and I'd love to speak to you offline yeah. in those regards because, like, I'm pretty sure there's individuals that are out there that just, you know, may not be comfortable with investing into the stock market, you know, maybe, you know, right. being able to see a company's books uh, where they can receive a return if it's $500 a week you know, whatever the case may be, that could be some high yield for some individuals, especially with individuals that are working with major brands that are out there that are having great numbers, and that could be the part of something really special, even another income driver for the, you know, lower income investor for yourself. And I think that, you know, us being able to talk offline would definitely be great. Okay, super. I look forward to it. Okay, so you can – there is contact. There's contact for – uh, Mariel, on her bio page, on the Pillars of Franchising dot com website, uh, under the past guest menu, she should have a bio page and it's got her contact info. Thank you, sir. Well, yeah, thank, thank you, caller. Uh, Mariel, why don't you go ahead and give uh, uh, us the information how people can get a hold of you? Oh, absolutely. So you can actually call my cell, which is uh, I don't want to say twenty four seven, but you know. General normal business hours through about 7 p.m. <laughs> and Saturdays. Which, but, um, so, which time zones? What time oh, zones? So I'm Eastern. I, I'm at the okay. Jersey Shore, but not like the TV show in the night parts. <laughs> so, so that number is 732-298-0900. And you could email uh, me through the franchise consulting company, you can hit that web page, and uh, that email is Mariel, M-A-R-I-E-L, at thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com. Um, or you can visit my, uh, my website, which is thefranchiseadvisor.com. So lots of ways. They- but go ahead and call. You know, I answer, or you'll just get my voicemail. I'll call you back within the day. Awesome. Ray, what's your last question? We're running short of time. Oh, sure. Uh What's you know, if someone is curious about starting up something, what's the best way to do? What's the best place to start if they're interested in Pillars of Franchising dot com. Pillars of Franchising dot com. Never mind. Go ahead. Okay, where's the second place? (laughs) (laughs) So so everyone starts in the wrong place, I like to tell people, and that would be on the internet at in a portal. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but just trust me, it's confusing. It could be overwhelming. And um, it, it is not – franchise, you know, getting into a franchise, a good franchise is not a self-help program. It's really not a self-help program. 
you, you actually need people around you and experts and some help and guidance and, and clarity and direction. Um, if, if you choose to, you certainly could do it on your own, but if you were to do it on your own, the study that would, that would be uh, helpful would be reading the right books, like the Franchise MBA is a good book, um, and really doing first inquiry. And that inquiry needs to answer a couple key questions. So that would be, um, what am I trying to do, right? So, so franchise ownership is just a vehicle, just like a job is a vehicle, just like a stocks are a vehicle. What am I trying to accomplish? And when you have that picture, what, am, what, am I, what can I afford? And, you know, connect with some uh, franchise finance professionals. Figure out your fundability number, just like pre-qual for a home. And uh, then what you want to do is talk to someone who does the work that I do, like the consulting advising stuff, and see if that's realistic enough for you to go shopping. And if it is, <clears throat> if what you could afford or what you want to earn makes kind of common sense, makes good sense, actually is not a unicorn, it actually exists, and they'll tell you, I would tell you, you know, immediately, help you adjust that or, you know, ask you not to start shopping. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But we would just talk it through. Then what you want to do is learn about the most popular categories. See, your income potential a lot of it and the sustainability of your choice, a lot of it's based on the, the category you're in. So get to know the different categories that business is happening in and the future of those categories. Once you narrow that piece down, forget about your hobbies and your interests, really. We'll circle back on that later. Um, right now, this is about a sustainable business. So now you have a category or two that you like. It's about finding the best players. And then once that part's done, what you can do online is figure out how to conduct a good due diligence. That's really the only, the only online where it's really worth it to kind of learn on your own. Um, but I think that's the way that I would approach it is start with yourself and figure out what you're trying to do and see if it's doable. Awesome. So then my last question, since that was Ray's last question, is, how does one get a copy of this franchise MBA book I keep hearing about? Wow. Hey, that is, you just teed this right up. So um, <laughs> I got a shipment of 100. Um, I, about 15 are spoken for this week. But um, if anyone from your show, if this isn't like a replay and someone's listening in the car in uh, 2021 or something, um, if it's now, 2018, <laughs> You know, give me a call, and I will be happy to uh, mail you a copy complimentary. I think everyone with any curiosity needs to read this book. So you can have a copy out of my 85 that are left here in my office. Be happy to do that. I'm always fully stocked, by the way, with that book. Um, because it is like a textbook. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. So definitely reach out to me, and, and let's get you going. There are no quizzes. Read it at your own leisure. But you need to have a copy of that. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. So, Ray, we had some great guests on today, didn't we? Absolutely. And callers, too. Good question. Oh, yeah. Wow. You got no clue how many actually have called in that were just calling in to listen. Um, biggest call volume day ever. I was gone half the time. So I want to thank our guest, Leo Goldberger of the Patch Boys and Mario Miller of the Franchise Advisor and the Franchise Consulting Company. Uh, hopefully I didn't screw that up. Um, this is Pillars of Franchising. Everyone, call, uh, listen next week for more secrets of success in franchising. Thank, thank you, everyone. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs>